This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Today we want to talk about the state of voice technology. And here's the thing. I'm a big, big fan. I think there's so much potential. But every time I'm trying to talk to Siri, she's just a letdown. She can't answer any questions. It's like she doesn't listen to me at all. So I was, I don't, I'm an Apple fanboy, quite frankly, but I was excited to see in the latest voice consumer index of 2022, the new report that just came out, that Siri is being overtaking, overtaken by everybody else, basically. And that's good news because maybe Apple can get their stuff together and get Siri to understand when I'm asking about um, what it was Aaron Judge's batting percentage in 2018. I'm not asking about profiles of judges in a courthouse. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, We have Scott and Susan Westwater. They're returning to the show. They uh, created this uh, report and I want to find out what's currently going on. What's new when it comes to voice assistance? And and most importantly, what do we all need to think about as brands? What do we all need to do uh, when it comes to voice technology with this new data now available to us? Welcome back to the show, guys. Give me a fist bump here. (laughs) All right. Thanks for having us. You you bet. Your camera seems like a mile away. It kind of is. It kind of is for the wide angle. For the wide angle studio, you know what? I struggle with my setup because I stand up and down all day long. And then when I sit back down and go on a, on a live stream, it's like, oh, my God, why is this camera all the way back there? Or why is it all the way in my face? But we're not here to talk about cameras. We're here to talk about talking to computers. So tell us, what is the latest thing you, you guys have found in the latest report? Uh, what are the biggest takeaways? Sure, sure. So um, just like we did in 2021. Um, the 2022 Voice Consumer Index uh, surveyed a total of 6,000 different uh, consumers in uh, basically 2,000 in the United States, 2,000 in the UK, and 2,000 in Germany, so that we have a good sample size. And what we saw is, I think the big thing is that everything's up. Um, the only thing that we saw that was down is uh, mistrust. So what we're seeing is that consumers are continuing to use voice, the habits that they have formed previously in the studies we'd seen before are, are continuing. And those who were occasional users are becoming regular users and regular users are becoming heavier users. So the good news is it's not going away. Um, and even better, we're just learning more about what they want to do and what they have. Yeah. So we definitely see a maturing of the people that are using the technology and they're doing more stuff and they want to continue to do more. So it's really incumbent on us as marketers and brands to really provide content so that you're not asking Siri, 
uh, for the batting someone's batting average and not getting an answer or getting totally the wrong information. So that's as much on us as marketers and brands to create our content in a way that these devices can actually serve that content back to the user um, as it is on Siri understanding and actually making sure that yeah. we're pulling the right information. Well, I don't know. I don't know if um, in that specific case, I appreciate you giving them more benefit of the doubt, but I truly think that's a serious <laughs> issue to not understand the difference between Aaron Judge, who is one of the best baseball players in the sure. world, and the the fifth Appellate Court judge down the road here, or whatever the district right, is. Right, right. I have no idea. But I, I, I get it. So, but how do we create? Um, how do we go about creating the right content? I mean, when it comes to, I mean, certainly, you know, we, uh, I talk to my voice assistants all the time, you know, Siri, turn the music off, Siri, do this. And sometimes I wonder if it's easier to actually say it or just get the phone out and push the button. Um, and then other things, I'm probably not as far along in uh, in the, the user journey, I guess, as maybe others, you know, I mean, I'm thinking of my office here. There's very little I do with voice, right? It's very much visual still. I got a notification, whatever. If I have my AirPods in, I get an audio notification, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody talked to me on Slack. Uh, But but let's unpack the the, um, creation first. How do we have to change what we create to reach people? Well, there's a few different ways you can Mm -hmm. actually optimize your content for voice. So... Um, the easiest and probably the best place to start is really looking at your search engine optimization. And so the big difference with voice is instead of it just being a keyword or a couple words that someone would type into a bar, they're actually using complete phrases, complete sentences. So you're getting a lot more context, a lot more nuance. So it's very much focusing on those long tail keywords or the long tail phrases versus keywords. So making sure that your content is optimized for long tail is one of the first things to do. Um, also knowing that in voice, especially on, say, an Alexa speaker without a screen, there are no pages of blue links with a bunch of different options for you to go. It's literally you ask a question. If Alexa finds the answer, it serves up that answer. So being in that position zero is critical. Um, so search engine optimization is one component of it. There's also the ability to create on the Amazon side what's called an Alexa skill. And that's actually how you you basically create a Amazon specific app that has that information contained within it. And then that's something that Alexa can pull from as well. And then really the third option and, and something that we're definitely seeing not only playing out in the report, but also some of the client work we're doing is moving to this idea of a custom or owned assistant. Mm-hmm. And that's actually an assistant that can actually reside on your website um, you know, as the brand. So you can actually have someone in addition to like a chat bot be able to use their voice and actually either search your website or interact with it um, by using their voice. And that's something that you can embed into your website. So there's a couple different ways to do it. We usually uh, counsel clients to start on the SEO side because that's usually where the low hanging fruit is Mm -hmm. and something that they can impact a little quicker than some of these other options. But definitely all three options are very viable. Makes sense. And, you know, SEO, people should focus on that anyways. And I really, uh, looking through the report, I really love you guys, how how thorough you are. And I, I'm the journalist in me here. I'm going to just summarize it. Oversimplification is my cup of tea. So you guys are saying in here, after all your research, 25 to 34-year-olds express the highest likelihood with 
um, 45 to 54 year olds following suit. And then you have all the breakdown. And when I'm looking at your breakdown, I'm going to simplify it like this for the marketer who doesn't have time to listen to everything. Everybody uses voice yeah. assistance. So yeah. don't worry about if you, you know, you're only targeting one group or another, but it seems like everybody seems to do that. Now, Susan, you say in here, brands need to cater for people who want to purchase through voice. And what comes to my mind is the TikTok where somebody goes, hey, Google, remind me to go to the gym. Got it. Ordered a, whatever, a gallon Order of gin. Bottle of gin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a gallon. Um, so how, how does that look in reality? And how common is it that, that people are using voice to, to buy things. I mean, I get the notifications all the time. It's time for you to repurchase whatever on Amazon. Tell Alexa that you want it right now. And in theory, it works, but I never do it. So what's the, mm -hmm. what's the practical application here? So um, as a matter of fact, I think right now at this very moment, Alexa Live is happening. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about different ways that you can uh, make it easier for Add to Cart and things along that line. And we're talking a lot about the Alexa ecosystem, I think it's because Alexa lives on our mind right now. Um, but what we've also seen, and, and statistically speaking, is part of that whole idea of purchasing is making it possible. Um, as you were just talking about, well, I there's some things that I've done because you've started to experiment. There's a mindset that happens that kind of, that goes through a user's mind of any new technology or any new thing. Um, and that's the whole idea of, um, I'll experiment with the novelty. And then I move from novelty to, well, that worked out. What else can I do? And then you start to experiment to see what's in there and explore. Then it starts to become a part of your everyday life. So the biggest thing is, is we have to make it possible for people to make those purchases. And I think that's been the biggest barrier. Now, one of the most interesting things that we saw in the study, and um, this was actually shared in our U.S. webinar, is that when we look at making purchases, it's actually gone up by 18% from last year since this year of people who want to make those purchases. So it is a matter of making it possible. So when we start saying catering to that, that's saying, is it possible for me to add to cart? Is there a way that I can be an assist? The also most important thing we need to think about is it's not a silo. As you were just talking about it, it's a, a multi-visual experience. As we talk about the big M word of these days, metaverse, um, making that purchase happen also is important in the idea of thinking about immersive experiences. It's all connected. Um, and as a content strategist, that's a big, exciting thing for me to hear because it's like, yes, we've been saying to do this. So when we talk about it, it's about making those opportunities, um, putting it in so that your infrastructure supports it. So is it an add to cart? Is it placed in order for delivery? These are all tasks, by the way, that we have seen come up last year and this year of things I want to be able to do. Um, a, a part of just the whole order assistance. Um, a great example will always, in my mind, is always going to be the Domino's Pizza Dom app. Um, they could have come up with ways to use technology to make, you know, flavor profiles, flavor offerings, things. What did they do? No, they made it possible to shorten the delivery time with that, that pizza tracker, um, regardless of whether it was a gimmick. But they also have used Dom to make it possible to help you make that order. So that's the important piece of it is, not only are you making it possible, but you help someone along. You let them be aware you can purchase this. So you have to have some prompts or some things that you're thinking through that offer and make it possible. Um, and it's also explaining it because we see that little microphone icon, right? And we know what that means because we live and breathe voice most days of our, you know, most days. 
However, we have to make it even easier for someone and saying, explaining, like, if you want to purchase or if you want to search, click this button and speak. It's just all of those things that we have I've always had to do when introducing new technology. The interesting piece of it is with voice is that when we're talking about this new technology, we all can talk. It isn't like I have to teach you how to use, completely use this interface. There's still a learning curve, but it is helping. Um, it, it, there's some things that are so intuitive and we almost forget like, oh, no, no, no. I have to tell you how to do that. Yeah. And so that's something that's important that brands just can't lose sight of. But there is definitely, we see this upward trend of, we already knew people were asking voice search questions. Um, as you said, you know, it's just a natural thing. Um, conversational search is another thing we're calling it these days, because sometimes it's you putting the input in using your voice, but it isn't necessarily getting it back as total voice, pure voice. But um, we're seeing now that more and more, all of that funnel that we had looked at last year is up. So it's 5% up for searching for info and product services, um, searching for local business information. It's up 8% from last year's study. And then finding information about brands was up 9%. Um, and like I said, aggregately, um, and these are all lumping together occasional sometimes and regular users just to, you know, to touch on that. Um, that was 18%. So 18% of people are starting to say more people are saying, okay, um, I want to buy that or put it in my cart or something along those lines. And that can happen on a mobile app, that can happen on a website, and it can happen through all of the smart speaker assistance as well. Um, very interesting. Now, you know, we, uh, the report really focuses on a lot of marketing. I mean, top of the mm -hmm. top and bottom of the funnel in the traditional funnel. But the one thing I, that, that crossed my mind, especially I saw the statistic on where do people use smart um smart speakers or smart devices or whatever. And a lot of them, 38% use voice in the car by a headset or whatever every day, right? And, and the thing that came to my mind, certainly um, that's an easy way to do and there's some traditional use cases there. But the thing that came to my mind, I have a Garmin uh, Mini in my car and I can talk to it, right? I can say, mm -hmm. uh, take a picture or take a video or, I mean, it always takes video, but it saves the video differently. And all these different things. Turn the audio on. I hate it recording audio because you don't need to hear what I'm talking about if right. we ever need to use that footage for something. Um, and that seems to me in a bow tie funnel on the other end of the spectrum, right, that they're tying me to them because they're easy to work with. It's a good product and it uses voice. Is that another example of voice technology or is that totally separate? No, it's it's all it's all kind of interrelated. So think of voice as kind of like the Kleenex term, where mm -hmm. it's kind of overarching. So I mean, technically, you could have a voice interface built into a toy, and there's definitely examples of you know popular kids' toys that have you know you, you talk to the toy and it actually talks back. Um, it also could be computer interfaces. It could be the assistant in your car, mm -hmm. and really, so it's kind of a ubiquitous term for just using your voice or natural language to interact with a digital device. So like in this example, the Garmin is, is, is absolutely a voice device. Um, also on the audio side of things, most of the streaming apps available have some sort of voice assistance built in. And so you might be able to do basics like play, pause, things like that and say Spotify or you know Apple Music or whatever. But there's also this trend, again, towards this idea of an owned assistant where you're able to ask questions relevant to that product or service and actually get a response. So it's very much kind of looking at the top of the funnel. What are people trying to, what problems are they trying to solve? 
And then how can you uniquely say, I have a solution for you and then get them to move into consideration and then ultimately purchase. And one other thing I want to touch on is this is very much like the early days of the web and even mobile, where we really as marketers had to explain to consumers, this is why you want to do this. These are the benefits and how much easier it's going to make things to complete this task, let's say. And then giving them a strong call to action and actually telling them how to use it. So it could be something like, you know, just say, Alexa, you know, buy this product or whatever the call to action might be. But it's really incumbent on us as marketers to really look at ways that we can activate our existing audiences. And where are the opportunities along the journey that voice potentially could make it easier to find information, make that purchase, reorder something that you've done in the past and then kind of start there and then over time evolve and add functionality and capabilities as people get more comfortable using it. Yeah. With cars on auto, like command control of like understanding functionality in your vehicle, um, mm-hmm. being able to control in, you know, temperature, like you said, radio control, all that command control stuff that actually predates um, some of the mainstream uh, adoption of the smart speakers. So it's really funny because we always think voice, we think the smart speakers. But actually, I mean, you can even go back and watch some old Top Gears, which are always entertaining to watch um, Scottish accents and others uh, as the natural language was catching up and trying to struggle with that. It's always an entertainment laugh of asking sat-nav when you have a thick accent, but um, which has gotten much better. Um, but the whole aspect of that is that's not new. What's new, though, is adding that conversational aspect to it and turning it into something outside, say, the car system and being things like, where's the nearest gas station? Is this restaurant any good? Um, even asking, what are the headlines of the day? What's news? Um, and things along those lines. Those are all new things that are coming forward. And yes, they're very utilitarian. But we're also seeing some of that come through, as, as Scott mentioned, of the streaming that's coming through of, of where that audio and podcasting and listening to those episodes. Plus then, are you there? Are you available? Is your brand even, we haven't even touched advertising. And that's a whole other thing um, of, you know, when we look at the interactive ads that Pandora, Spotify, and the others can make possible. So it's a wealth of things. It is exciting to see that as we suspected, more people are using voice outside the home now that we get to go outside the home. When we did the first study, we were just reopening after the, you know, all of the lockdowns and there have been more. But we're seeing again that, that those are habits that are coming with us. Um, and that whole idea of habit stacking is definitely showing. And people still, people again, leave their homes, some more than others. I'm usually sure. just here, even though I did have some uh, recent trips uh, in the last month. Now, uh, talking about out of the home, and this is an interesting metric that you guys um, found, nearly 40% of U.S. people are comfortable using voice in public. That's an increase mm-hmm. of 10%, which is, of course, very interesting because we do whatever we want to in public. If we want to talk to our devices, we'll do it. Cool. Germany and uh, Germany is 19%, the U.K. 29 Not surprised Germany is quite a, quite a ways lower. Quite frankly, I grew up right. in Germany, so very familiar with that study, now, uh, with that culture. Now, yeah. When it comes to talking in public, though, sometimes if I'm walking through the gym and I go, hey, Siri, and I say, hey, like three people around me go, you know, like they, <laughs> they think I'm talking to them. Yeah. So what are, what's the etiquette to, to use smart uh, devices in public? So smartphones are definitely a piece of it. Um, when you're even at home. We also saw that folks were using their smartphone. Why? Because I don't want to shout across the room. Because yeah. like you said, you say, hey, and um, we also have the challenge of if an echo, we can sometimes trigger if they're too near each other. And so the bathroom 
um, Alexa is talking instead of the bedroom one or something like that. So it is like, hey, smartphones easier. But also some of that etiquette comes into thinking about what that is. Like, does everyone want to know that I'm gonna, my jam when I'm doing deadlifts is Justin Bieber? Like, there's some of that piece there too. Of how much do you want to share publicly? Um, similar to like, we've all heard that awkward phone conversation when we're riding on public transport of someone talking about their doctor's visit and you're like, okay, too much information. So that comes down to the manners and the comfort zoning, which is why we also see those changes in cultural nuances. Um, and that's where an important thing of where localization, not just translation comes into play. So it is the etiquette of thinking about it is how, you know, how do we um, activate those things and how do we work through that? But that's also where conversational comes in of, is this better as a chat bot? Um, and it is as we're providing the experiences, thinking about when, you know, I don't want something to announce my bank account balance. Yeah. So it's thinking about those types of etiquette of the sensitivity context of what that is and also who's around them. And that's where we, you know, we still talk about spatial privacy quite a bit because what I say in front of Scott might be completely different than what I'm going to say in front of a crowd of friends. Um, and so that's just having that thought and understanding your users really well and your intended audiences. Yeah. And there's platforms exist that exist like Voiceify that allows you to do a hybrid chatbot and mm -hmm. voice bot for lack of a better term. But basically one piece of code puts it on your website and people can choose to interact with their voice or they can also you know type in if it's a more of a private matter but even on the alexa side like there's the alexa app on on smartphones that allows you to type and also speak into it so it's really kind of identifying where the opportunities or the times where it's appropriate to speak out loud mm -hmm. and something that actually came up in last year's report and we saw it again this year is the idea of spatial privacy like I don't want to say certain things out loud if people are around. I'm willing to do it if I'm by myself, but if there's other people, I'm probably not going to be as open to using the voice piece um, as if I was by myself. So, you know, it's just, it's a constant, it's a thing to keep in mind and it's definitely a design consideration, but you know, I'm, I've seen this tons of times where like in the local target or the local grocery store, someone just pulling out their phone and asking Siri or Google assistant for the best price on product apps. And so being able to, you know, find that product quickly when someone's at shelf um, and, and basically say, is it cheaper on Amazon or is it cheaper elsewhere um, before making that purchase decision? You have to be part of that moment when that decision is being made. So it goes back to that idea of optimizing your content to be uh, found when people are looking. There's also things like whisper mode yeah. and also headphones and like hearables, you know, you're like um, headphones and hearables. And there oh. is whisper mode on your Alexa that you can also use as well. Um, so there are some things that we've tried that are being we every day we learn something new. Um, and that's kind of the fun of being on the cutting edge of tech. Um, but it is how do how do we manage that? And so that is, again, um, one of the things with the headphones and, and those types of things of can it be heard by everyone? What's being served up? Um, how do I make this conversation a little bit more private um, so that then someone feels more comfortable? I, and again, the social mores will always be there. Uh, I, I think that it's just, it's a little more acceptable in the United States to have your phone nearby or to look at it, to reference something in a conversation. Um, and not, it's not as viewed as rude, um, depending on who's, who you're talking to. Um, while in other cultures, it is kind of still that whole, like, I'm talking to you, please don't look at your device. Um, so you have, you know, it's again, using common sense and, and just understanding um, cultural, what's cultural norms. I think what's the hardest thing when it comes to privacy in public is um, 
you're so used to just talking to these devices, you don't even think, mm -hmm. right? You just yeah. go. I mean, I actually one time sent a text message to my wife about the person that was in the, the stall over from me, you know, and I didn't even think about it. Um, or maybe it was their spouse. I don't know. But it was something about them. And, right. you know, like I didn't type it. Had I typed it, nobody would have heard it. Um, so you do want to think about doing that. Uh, the one thing I want to mention really briefly is when you talked earlier about asking any other devices, uh, what's the best restaurant? Is this restaurant any good? I mean, what all I heard when you said that is that comes back to uh, traditional online brand reputation management, right? Mm -hmm. You want good reviews. You want all these different yeah. things. So, so you know, all these um, lack of a better term, traditional strategies, they're mm -hmm. still important. Um, okay. Now, tell us, tell me about the the Vixen Labs report and where can people find it? Uh, is there a website or or how does that look? Yeah, so if you go to vixenlabs.co, um, there's actually a 2022 VCI tab, I believe, on the top of the website. But there is a page. Um, in addition to the report itself, there's also links to the podcast. Uh, there's a couple episodes that we've been on both mm -hmm. this year and last year. Um, so there's a series of podcasts that also get deeper into specific topics of retail, healthcare, uh, packaged goods, et cetera. Um, and you can also sign up for the newsletter where you're able to see additional content pieces that are coming out. Um, a couple of things that we're working on right now is actually um, a deeper dive into the retail, CPG, healthcare, and entertainment sectors. And those will be out, I believe, in October. Um, mm -hmm. So you can get notified if you sign up for the newsletter and get notified when those pieces go live. But one thing that's not in the report that we actually did do is uh, a series of top tasks. So on each individual uh, industry, what are the most meaningful and useful things that people want to do with their voice? So things like tracking my order, placing an order, um, finding the latest show times, things like that. We have all that data, and those, that's actually where we're going to be releasing that information. Fantastic. And really quickly, um, if you can tell me about your upcoming book. So, yes, um, as a follow-up to voice strategy, we're writing a book. Uh, we're actually co-authoring it with the authors from the book called Sonic Brand, or Audio Branding. Um, so we have mm -hmm. audio branding experts as well as us putting our brains together to talk about voice marketing. And so within that book, it actually is going to also be marketed as a textbook uh, for collegiate level um, and masters so that um, to help folks understand as a marketer, where are the opportunities in voice? What is this voice thing? Um, and how much do I have to know? Because there's been so much of it that we have had to understand from a executional standpoint, as opposed to a, um, from a, a, an application and voice strategy. And how do we get you from just, I need a thing to how do I do the thing? Right. And so that's what this book is focused on. So it will include guest perspectives from experts, um, across the industry, uh, cause we don't know it all. And also, um, and also it's good to hear different voices, also include some in-depth case studies as well to bring everything from there. So we're going to try to put it all into a bow to help folks understand. Fantastic. And audio branding, of course, is an important topic. Check out Jody Krangle's uh, audio podcast. She's a fantastic resource yeah. when it comes to that topic. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for sharing your insights. Absolutely. Thanks for having of us. Course. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.